welcome back to The Coop with Meyer Hatchery, where we talk all things poultry in hopes of educating crazy chicken keepers and inspiring future flock owners. I'm Kendra. And I'm Jeff. And today we're talking about common brooding mistakes. It's the first step to raising chicks and one of the most crucial to ensure your flock has a healthy start. What is brooding? It's a six-week period in which you assist in raising your chicks by helping them regulate their body temperature. In short, you're playing mother hen. While the basics of brooding is easy to understand, there are small mistakes that could be detrimental. So today we're going to cover common brooding mistakes in hopes it will help you avoid them this season. Let's dive into the first and most common mistake from new poultry keepers. Now, when you call in and talk to us at the hatchery, we really, really push temperature and using a thermometer to gauge your temperature. But one of the most common mistakes I see is not accounting for the fluctuation in temperature from day to night. And that's where personally I've run into issues because I brewed outside in our barn. And so the temperature does change pretty drastically from day when the sun's out, the doors are open on one end of the barn to when it's closed up and it's getting into, you know, 50 degree minus weather out there. And so what I usually do is add one heat lamp during the day. I have my thermometer in there. I check and then I usually add a second heat lamp at night to make sure that it's maintaining temperature. And so that's how I account for my temperature fluctuations. Now, I didn't have that problem because for us, we kept ours under the kitchen table because that was the room where we all gather all the time. And so it it kept fairly steady temperature. So we just had one, but I did check in the middle of the night to make sure no lights burnt out because that's a killer. If your light goes out in the middle of the night, no heat, that can be a big problem. And so a lot of people that brood inside also use a heat plate versus the lamps. And now a mistake that I've come across is a heat plate only works if the temperature in the room does not drop below 50. So if you're like me and you're brooding outside, they don't necessarily um, help keep that temperature at 95 degrees. You want to make sure you're using them in your basement or an insulated garage or in your house versus outside where a heat lamp may suit you better. Now, the next most common mistake is one Jeff likes to bring up a lot, and that is using the wrong pine shavings. It's not so much the pine shavings. What it is, is using cedar. The cedar lets off an odor, which smells wonderful to you, but can cause respiratory problems with the chicks and is not healthy for them at all. So having pine shavings in there is crucial. And I've seen that a lot just this past year with supplies being limited and stores being sold out. I've seen across a lot of chicken forms, people asking about the cedar pine shavings because everything else was out of stock at the store. And yeah, like Like Jeff said, we really advise against cedar. You can use, um, I've seen people use pee pads as a temporary hold. Some people have used the shelf liner, the ones that are bubbly with the holes, and they put that in there. But the thing to remember, uh, the most important reason why you have pine shavings is you cannot have the floor of the brooder slippery. It has to be a sturdy place where they can walk and not have their feet spray out underneath them. Because if it's slippery at all, which is also why we say don't use uh, paper or people have said, well, I just cut up paper and put it in there. No, because what happens is it gets all slippery. 
their legs get out from underneath them and they get something that's called spraddle leg, which is not good for them also. And I like using the large pine shavings. I know they come in a couple different sizes, especially for when they're really young. It just helps keep it a little bit cleaner and you don't see them pecking at it as much. And so I try to use the larger flake pine shavings in my brooder setup. And I typically don't have to clean mine out until they're ready to go. My brooder is big enough that I put a nice thick layer down and when they're done, I can shovel them out. If you're using it inside your house, you may want to clean it a little bit more thoroughly because of the smell and the dust. But that laminate paper that you line shelves with is perfect to put down first and then your pine shavings because you can typically dust out your pine shavings and then wipe that surface down with a bleach solution and it's good to go for your next batch. The other advantage of large pine shavings that I found personally, this is just my opinion, it seemed like there was less dust. In the smaller pine shaving bags that we had, it seemed there was so much dust in there and Dust is not fun. In and the if house. you know chickens, it <laughs> doesn't take much for there to be a fine layer of dust across every surface. So by all means, reduce the dust. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Now, another common brooding mistake is drafts. Exactly. I've seen where people have told me, yeah, I have. I built myself a little brooder and I use chicken wire and it's like, whoa, 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 what? Chicken wire? No. You need to have solid surfaces on the sides of your brooder, at least partial way up, you know, halfway up on your brooder to help reduce drafts coming directly into your chicks because that's how they catch chill. That also changes that temperature within your brooder, like we talked about, causing that fluctuation. And that's where you can result in loss of chicks. Personally, the easiest thing to use is just a Rubbermaid tub. <laughs> you know, you can pick them up for a few bucks here at a, a garage sale or all over the place. And they're just so easy to clean. And you might have some sitting up in your closet or attic. They really are. And that's what our chick starter kits come with is kind of like a plastic tote and it has all the supplies in it. And it's like that because they are easy to use. Now, if you're raising a large quantity of chicks, you either have to go with a like a stock tank is what a lot of people go with. Um, it's something that we keep our bin chicks in Meyer Hatchery store in. Or I have built ours and like Jeff said, the top is chicken wire and then the bottom is solid. So there's airflow kind of over top of them, but no drafts from any of the other doors in the barn being open, which is important because I brewed outside in our barn where our coop is located. That's something else to consider just based on location, right? So if you are brooding in your house, do you have a window open next to your brooder constantly? Is the sun shining in where it's making that brooder heat up a lot and then it's getting cold at night because the sun goes away and you're only using one heat lamp? Um, if you're using your brooder in your garage, the garage door opening and closing repeatedly is letting cooler air in. So just take that into consideration when you're looking at placement and doors and windows and just the risk of drafts. The other thing with temperature engaging how hot you want it to be is you need to be watching the behavior of the chicks. How are they acting? Are they in a huddle under the heat? Then that means they're too cold and you need to increase the wattage of your light or lower the plate. If they're in a ring around the heat source, then they're too hot. You need to raise it up. The chicks tell you what's going on. You just need to watch them. 
And a big issue with that temperature too, if you're not paying attention, is if they are huddled together or piled into a corner trying to get away from the heat lamp, that can also cause loss. So it's not necessarily directly related to temperature, but it's in direct relation to the temperature. So something to monitor constantly especially like the first two weeks. I'm always out there constantly checking the chicks to make sure everything's okay. And like Jeff said, no heat lamp has burnt out. You know, I'm watching their behavior. And then usually once you get past that two week mark, you're clear. Now, this is a question we get often, and we actually have a really good blog post on it. It's the mistake of brooding different poultry types together. Oh, yeah. And now this is an easy one to do, especially if um, I know a lot of fair families or people who are just, you know, gung-ho to expand their homestead and have placed several poultry type orders. So you're getting your chickens in, you're getting your ducks in, you're getting your turkeys in. It can be really easy to want to throw them all in a brooder and save yourself time and space, but that's really not the proper way to raise those breeds. The biggest problem uh with putting them all together is they're all different. They all have different needs. They all have different wants. They all have different uh, behavior that makes it so that when you put them all together, it causes problems. Some of the problems that can happen is if you have chicks and ducks. Ducks love water. Ducks need water. Chicks drink water and that's about it. And they don't like to get wet and it's bad for them to get wet. Whereas with ducks, they eat the feed, Then they need to go over the water and blow and clear out the nostrils so that they can breathe well. Well, when they blow in the water, water goes everywhere. Now, if you have chicks in there, your chicks would get wet. Not good for the chicks. Not at all. Another issue with brooding different poultry types together is size. So I'm typically raising chicks alongside my turkey poults. And just in comparison, the turkey poults are so much larger than the chicks and you risk trampling. And I get this question all the time. Can I put my broilers and my Rhode Island Reds together? Short answer, no. The problem is the broilers, they grow so quick in your Rhode Island Reds, your Bard Rocks or whatever other chicks you have. They don't grow that fast. And what happens is those broilers will run right over those little babies. And so keeping them apart is crucial. That is a good point. Broilers are aggressive eaters, not like mean. They're just so excited to eat. And then two, broilers have a different feed schedule of usually doing the 12 hours on, 12 hours off, where with your layers, you don't restrict feed like that. You keep up the feed the entire time. So that leads us into kind of the next common issue is feed quality. People ask me, doesn't matter what I feed my chicks. Yeah, because, you know, like with chicks, have the same problem that we humans have. You are what you eat. If it's junk, you're not going to be healthy. But if it's good, healthy food, then it's very good for you. So when you first move your chicks to the brooder, you'll want to provide a chick starter that's 18 to 20 percent protein from the moment they hatch until they're about eight weeks of age. The protein is one of the most important parts. When they're younger, you definitely want more protein. And then as they get up to a laying age, it slowly reduces. And I will say feed quality is so important. I victimized one of my turkey poults. I ran out of my game bird starter for them that I buy at a local feed mill. And for a couple of days, I tried to supplement them with a layer feed 
not a good idea. One of my turkey poults ended up getting rye neck and it took so long to correct. It took several weeks and supplements and now it's just a smaller turkey poult. It's never going to grow, I don't feel like, to the proper size. So he is integrated in with my rest of my poults and is doing okay and thriving and the neck issue is corrected. But it's crazy that just a, not even a week worth of not the right food created such a large issue and then ended up costing me more in time and money trying to help get it corrected so that he could live a normal life. So I'm a huge proponent of feed quality. And when people call in or email or I have the chance to chat with people one-on-one, that's always something that I recommend not substituting. On the same lines of feed quality, you also want to make sure that you're not over supplementing treats. You want to make sure that they're eating their feed that has the proper ratio of nutrition versus overfeeding them scratch or overfeeding them mealworms or things like that as you're trying to, you know, get acquainted to your new chicks and have them like you. That's definitely a priority, but you also want to make sure they're nourished as well. It makes a difference on the growth of your chicks. So those are really the five most common mistakes we see with new poultry keepers. It's not accounting for the fluctuating temperature or the drafts the brooder may incur. There's also making sure you're using the right pine shavings. You're keeping your poultry types separate using different brooders. And you're also taking into account the feed quality for any poultry type that you are raising, whether that's chicks or waterfowl or poults. Our help desk has a great list and feed guideline to help guide you along the way. And with that, we thank you for listening to The Coop. Be sure to subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, drop us a review. See you all next week. Bye.